attention, please. This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive 3 until 6 p.m. weekdays on the Sports Hub. I love it. It's brilliant. Wake Forest made it official today that Danny Manning will be retained as the Demon Deacons basketball coach for next season. And I want to choose my words very wisely here. When it comes to opinions I have on this show, I've always tried to be fair and never say anything on the show that I wouldn't be willing to say to the face of the player, coach, or administrator I'm talking about. Danny Manning's a terrific man. He's handled all the outside criticism with grace, and in fact, we plan to have him on the show next week if he's still willing to come on with us. So none of my criticism of Danny is personal. But here's what I believe happened today. Wake Forest did what was easy. Nobody in positions of power felt obligated to move on from Danny Manning and to shell out a significant sum to do so, so they simply didn't do it. Ron Wellman, a couple weeks ago, said that he would be the one to make this decision, not incoming AD John Curry, who will take over on May the 1st. As soon as that happened, a, a, a red flag went up in my head. I started thinking, why would he put himself on the hook here if he was going to move on from Danny Manning? Then as the week progressed, Monday, Tuesday, reporters like Les Johns of Demon Deacon Digest, Connor O'Neill from the Winston-Salem Journal, Brian, Brian Formica from WXII, other reporters nationally as well, start saying, nothing's happening within the Wake Forest Athletic Department. Nobody believes anything's going to happen with Danny Manning. As soon as we got to Tuesday, I started thinking, they're not going to do anything here. They're going to keep Danny Manning in place. And if you're Rom Wellman, you just don't want to go out taking an L. You're going to be retiring. Yeah, you're going to get the brunt of criticism. Yeah, Wake fans aren't going to think you're very popular in the moment. But you understand that the larger sample size is of greater value than the smaller sample size. And you've been in place since the early 1990s. Nobody who's followed Wake Forest Athletics believes Ron Wellman isn't an important figure in Wake history. The pros far outweigh the cons with Ron Wellman, no matter what happens with Danny Manning, no matter what his decision was today. So even if his decision to keep Danny Manning was unpopular, he's fine with that. He didn't want to admit wrongdoing on the on the way out and I don't really even blame him too much for that he gave him the big extension he doesn't want to be the one that cost his school a significant buyout that Jeff Goodman reported is 18 million dollars as for John Curry the moment that Ron Wellman said it was his decision John Curry was absolved of any responsibility John Curry was absolved of receiving any heat for this decision, keeping Danny Manning. It wasn't his call. you got to understand, you got to think in the perspective of John Curry. If you're John Curry, why would you want to make a move? If you're not going to receive the heat for keeping an unpopular coach who's gone 11-20 and 20 the last two years, why would you fire him? You just got here. You just arrived at this gig. Also, you have to understand what happened the last time he had a major administrative job he was at Tennessee he was at Tennessee for nine months 
maybe even less than that. And he decided to move on from an unpopular football coach in his first year. He moved on from Butch Jones. Not many Tennessee fans had a problem with that. But they didn't like the coach that he hired afterwards and Greg Schiano. So everything exploded and he was out as Tennessee's director of athletics. Now the opportunity presents itself less than a month into him being named Ron Wellman's successor. Fans want a new basketball coach. If you're not going to receive the heat for making an unpopular decision, why would you put yourself on the hook if you don't have to? John Curry, I completely get it. Let me see things for another year before I make a call. So really, if you're trying to establish where the criticism should go, it's to Ron Wellman, and Ron Wellman's going to be out the door on May the 1st. I'm convinced Wake Forest believes that this wasn't the best decision. I'm convinced they know that this was not the best decision for Wake basketball. Why else would you call a press conference today? It was very strange. I got the release around 8.30 this morning. Then I see there's a press conference at 10 a.m. Hey, everybody, come on down. We have a big announcement. We're not doing anything. (laughs) We're going to keep the basketball coach in place. How bizarre is that? How many situations have we seen it? Do you know what it sounded like to me? It's like the kid who calls home, like your kid calls home from college, and he's saying that he's dropping a course that he's failing. Hey, Mom, everything's great. I don't really need this class to graduate. I know know the grades aren't good, but here's my vision for Wake basketball, or here's my vision for the rest of my collegiate career to graduate on time, Mom. Everything's great. It's fine that I was flunking this course. Uh, uh, no, Mom, uh, I wasn't partying on weekdays. Why would you ever think that? Uh, no, Mom, I, I understand I went 11 and 20 in back-to-back years in three of the last four, but everything's fine. If you want your thoughts heard on the subject, if you're a Wake basketball fan, 336-777-1600 is your ticket to the program. You could tweet the show at Sports Hub Triad if you want in. That way, Ryan McGee of ESPN will join us momentarily. The Drive, as always, except when it isn't, is broadcast live in the law offices of Timothy D. Wellborn Studios. They specialize in workers' compensation, social security, disability, and personal injury. You can visit them at timwellborn.com. You'll know when you need us. It's Friday. I don't want Wake wake Basketball to bring me down on a Friday. God, that sounds so good. Wading yet again into the madness. Day two of this extravaganza. And we've got a final from earlier here. Number seven, Cincinnati, the seven seed, falling to number 10, Iowa, keeping the Big Ten perfect. 79 to 72 was the final in that game. Joe Wiza Camp, Wiza Camp, Wiz Camp. Nailed it. 19 points and five rebounds, baby. One assist. Back to you, Josh. I have UC Irvine going to the Sweet 16. That's not looking too good right now. And it's about that time where people start looking at the leaderboard, where they are in their bracket pool. I don't really care about where your points are at after the first round. It's about 
how many of your Sweet 16, uh, Sweet 16 teams are out, how many of your Elite 8 teams are out. And it sounds like nobody's bracket has been devastated. Have you heard anybody say their bracket's devastated at this point? No, not yet, because most of yesterday was chalk, right? Right. Like, who, who has Louisville going to the Elite Eight? I actually had them playing uh, Duke in the Elite Eight, if I'm not mistaken. Really? So you've lost an Elite Eight team already. Yep. I've, I always go by the mantra that as long as you have six of your eight, you're good to go. You're going to lose two of them either way. You're not going to have a perfect eight. I haven't lost an Elite Eight team. I've lost two Sweet 16 teams. Desmond Johnson, that voice you just heard, is the producer of this show. And in turn, Aaron is in place as well. One more thought on Danny Manning, though. I think he did just enough right for Ron Wellman to justify to himself and justify to some of his uh, associates that they shouldn't buy him out, that it's not worth bringing in another coach and also paying out a significant amount for Danny Manning. After all, he recruited a five-star player. That, that didn't happen under Jeff Bezdelic. That hasn't happened really ever at Wake Forest with the exception of Chris Paul. And who was the other one back in the uh, day? Josh Howard. Josh Howard. the only three ever. They've so ever Josh had Howard, Chris Paul, and Jalen Horde are the only five stars. He developed the lottery pick that was not going to be a lottery pick or wasn't projected to be when he went into Wake Forest in uh, John Collins. His teams play hard. I've always gave Danny Manning that. The teams always sell out for Danny. We saw that, case in point, at Cameron Indoor Stadium. We saw that when uh, Wake Forest relinquished a 22-point lead in the second half in less than 10 minutes against NC State. They still resolved and found a way to win the game. And they beat NC State. They competed in Cameron. Those those things, they do matter. They Those things are factored into all of this conversation, figuring out if this is a coach, not just that's worth bringing back, but also figuring out if you want to part ways with them, is it worth bringing in another coach and buying out Danny Manning? Paying two basketball coach coaches at one time, and Wake Forest ultimately decided that it wasn't. And now we'll play the waiting game. Danny said that Jalen Horde is entering the NBA, dra- uh, NBA draft process. In the past, that meant they were gone no matter what. Now you can go through the process, go to the combine, and then decide if you want to go to the draft or come back. There are deadlines to it. So Jalen Horde is going to participate in the draft process. The paperwork has already been filed, according to Danny Manning. And they have that transfer from Charlotte who's going to be eligible to play. Chondi Brown had a nice year. Brandon Childress is going to be back. And we'll see about Jalen Horde. Torrey Johnson had nice moments this year. So there, there are good young players. I just don't know if this is an NCAA tournament roster as is. So we'll see how things are affected recruiting-wise. Now that we know Danny Manning's coming back, Cole Anthony still has Wake Forest listed as one of his finalists, along with North Carolina. And there's, there's a lot of other details to figure out between now and the start of the next season. And if anything, the last couple of years has taught us anything. There could be a lot of fluctuation and a lot of turnover just in the offseason with transfers and 
many other factors going into things. Yes, Dad. I uh, just wanted to address the uh, – there was a caller just called in a minute ago that wanted to state that we've mentioned three, four, five times that Wake's only had three five-star guys, Chris Paul, Jalen Horde, yeah. and Josh Howard. Who are we forgetting? He he mentioned uh, Al Farouk Aminu, and I hadn't found him anywhere, and I had to go digging a little bit deeper. And, in fact, he was a five-star by Rivals.com. Well, so I guess there's been four. Our apologies to yeah. Al Farouk Aminu. Yeah, didn't the point. The point him. is – well, I don't think we're sliding anybody. The point is, whether it's three or four, it's not a lot. Right, It's not exactly. a lot that they're bringing in. And uh, Danny Manning has one of those five-star players, a Jalen Horde, and we'll see what happens with Cole Anthony when that time arises. Up next, is Zion Williamson really a lock for the number one pick in the NBA draft? Keep it here on The Drive. I'm not a doer or a thinker. I'm more of a talker. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham, the The Sports Sports Hub, at AM 600, AM 920. We're Sharon with Darren Vaught from the David Glenn Show. Darren, since T-Pain is playing, can you give me a little bit of something? Yay! Virginia is having its struggles with Gardner-Webb. We'll get to that in a second. I want to talk about my man, Ron Burgundy. Because I love what the LA Kings are doing right now. They they brought in Snoop Dogg earlier in the season, you might remember, to do color commentary during one period of action. And last night, they brought noted LA Kings fan, Will Farrell into the broadcast booth, but Will Farrell was in character as Ron Burgundy, which produced tremendous results. Give me a little bit of that. Uh, something's happening down in the end. The Kings, uh, of course, have uh, recommandeered the puck, and now they're moving it up the ice to Foley, over to uh, Benson, back to Defoley, over to Haver. He's looking for Havershaw. No, Defoley through through the zone. Dumps it in. I believe that was a dump. To Foley again. Oh, big hit by Carter. Jeff Carter. He is a statuesque man. I once saw Jeff Carter with his shirt off in the locker room. You and, did? Uh, what was your reaction? He's got the goods. Oh, shot on goal! Carter, just as I was talking about. But, of course, another save by Martin Jones. Yes! Excellent play-by-play, I would say. Darren, you have great background in play-by-play. What do you make of Ron Burgundy? Uh, Knowing that it's the TV medium and you're doing more reacting anyway than describing, I think it's perfect, right? It's it's tremendous. Um, Setting the scene, storytelling, great, great stuff from Ron Burgundy. That's not all we have, though. Ron Burgundy had another moment. That involved the L.A. Kings mascot, Bailey, visiting the booth, and Bailey was uh, was bearing gifts. Oh, oh. I just was brought a, a bean burrito and a glass of milk. Oh, not to your Bailey. favorites. Not Thank you so much, <laughs> Bailey. I really appreciate that. I'm sorry I yelled at you in the hallway walking up here, but you scared the living Jesus out of me. Wait, a, he tends to do that. When a six-foot lion appears out of nowhere... And doesn't say anything. It's weird. Well, you've had experience with zoo animals before. You don't mind if I bite into this burrito oh, right now, do you? Oh, my God. Yeah. No. <laughs> that is delicious. 
Now, while you're eating. Alex, get into that burrito. I'll, I'll, I'll get into that burrito. Get into that burrito. Yeah, yeah, just a moment. Oh, I want some. burrito. Yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> there was a shot on goal, and all Rod Burgundy's doing. There's a side screen, kind of like what I expect with Zion tonight with the Zion cam. There is like a, a, a half screen fixed on Ron Burgundy eating a burrito and then trying to shove it into the face of Alex Faust, the LA Kings play-by-play man, who's trying to describe what's happening as a puck is thrown towards the net and had to be steered away by Martin Jones. It's it's tremendous, man. I, I think this is the future of broadcasting. I really do. The Hurricanes can't do it because <laughs> they don't have a radio broadcaster right now. John Forslund's TV broadcast is simulcast on the radio. But if you're everybody else on the local TV scene, this should be what you do. Like the Charlotte Hornets, they already have one of their biggest celebrities who is a color commentator but in Del Curry. But I'm talking go further. See if you can get native Charlatans just to show up and hang out in the booth. Who would be a good example of that? Somebody who's just Charlatan or from Charlotte. Maybe Steve Smith. Have him just do some of the color commentary. It, or or in your, your Hurricanes example, if they were able to without causing complications because of the simulcast. I mean, you've got Petey Pablo in the bag. Wow. Petey Pablo doing some color commentary. That 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 would be interesting. Mm. I just want I just want people who even even in the case of Ron Burgundy, like there's enough he's polished enough because the character is a broadcaster. I'm way more interested in the Snoop Dogg scenario where someone who is not normally in that type of situation or is not a character who is supposed to be portrayed as being in that type of situation regularly, just reacts to everything. Like screaming, yelling at a play, all of it. Can I, you, I'm, I'm in favor of that. Des, see if you can find for me a little bit of Snoop Dogg earlier in the year. If people miss Snoop Dogg on the LA Kings broadcast, you miss something that was just sheerly beautiful. Because a fight broke out. Oh, yeah. No, well, it actually wasn't a fight. It was just some scuffling. And sure. Snoop Dogg was encouraging the violence. Saying, oh, oh, get him. <laughs> get him. Rather than me just do the impression, I- I'd rather Des find the audio and we could play it back in a second. Is Ron Burgundy Will Ferrell's most memorable movie character? Yeah. Intern Aaron shakes his, his head. No, of course not. Who would you nominate, Intern Aaron? Uh, Ricky such, Bobby. With such defiance. Whoa. Ricky Bobby. Ricky no. Bobby hmm. over Ron Burgundy? Absolutely. Hmm. That's an interesting one. Wow. Hmm. Um, In the same format I put up my poll yesterday of which would you like to hear about least, your friend bragging about their bracket, their children, or their fantasy team, see if you can put that bracket up. <laughs> Intern Aaron at Sports Hub Triad. Des with the microphone on in the control room just giggled jovially like a kid. I'm sorry. The Virginia Gardner-Webb game is on over the side, and Gardner-Webb is not dying like at all. Well, no, they're (laughs) not dying. They're leading. I don't know how that hasn't come up yet. We, uh, uh, well, we'll frankly, get to that. Since I sat down and I know we will. I know we will. I'll just, I mean, Des, he has, a big deal. He has the freedom to break there. in, and I think that might be coming in a little bit. <laughs> but the poll question here, this is what I want. Yeah. Uh, no, this is this is, is a serious matter. But, but before we put it out there, Ricky Bobby versus Ron Burgundy, 
And you can even chime in if you'd like on the phones, 336-777-1600. Does Frank the Tank from old school have anything to say here? Does Brennan from Step Brothers? I don't know if he's uh, Nighthawk or Dragon, which one John C. Riley is and which one Brennan's in. Touch Brennan my drum is. set. Yeah, you better not touch my drum set. I think Brennan was, you have to call me Dragon. Okay, so yeah. I think that's, so Brennan's I think that's Dragon from that movie. Those are the yeah. four most noteworthy, right? Anybody else we care to add to this? I feel like we're forgetting somebody. I feel like we're forgetting Jackie major... Moon. Ooh. Mm. That was such a bad movie, though. Kind of was, but it underappreciated. Was I, well, underappreciated. Underappreciated because no one went to go see it because it was a I'm bad sure. movie. Hold on. Uh, see, you're connecting two things here, Josh, that, that don't aren't indicative of one another. He does that. What do you mean? Just because no one went to see the movie doesn't mean it wasn't a good well, movie. Well, I went to see it, so I think I have perspective enough to say that fundamentally it wasn't a good movie. I, I ha- if you don't think it's a good movie, just say you don't think it's a good movie. Don't imply that no one went to see it because it was not a good movie. Thank you. But, you know, people don't know how good or bad a movie is until they go see it, Josh. I, do, I have it, by the way. You uh, own the movie? No, no, no. I have the, the character that we're forgetting. Elf. Okay. Oh, buddy. buddy the Elf. Okay. Buddy the Elf. Yeah, wow. That's pretty universal. Wow. Buddy. How we buddy that. belongs yeah. on that list. I think that's really just the power three. The power trio there of Buddy, Ron Burgundy, and Ricky Bobby. And Ricky Bobby. So we, we're not even going to like Brennan enough to throw him into that. Maybe honorable mention. I uh, can't remember his name, uh, what he played in old school. Well, that's why he doesn't belong Frank on this list as an honorable mention. No, yeah. he doesn't. I already, said, doesn't. I already said that, Des. For old school? Yeah, I said Frank oh. the Tank. Shut up. Shut I was up. doing I, what I you just... uh, asked for before, which was finding Snoop <laughs> oh, audio. Okay, there you go. And, uh, and I did find <laughs> Redeem that. yourself. Let's hear Snoop Dogg doing a little bit of play-by-play. Hey, give me that. Here we go. Give me that. Here we go. Be turning around. Push it, push it. Run the weave. Run the weave. Come on now. Give me that. Now he holds it in. Give me that. Give me run that the weave. Right give me the assist. Give it to him. Right there. Oh, come oh. on. Close. He set you up perfect. That's a penalty, uh, 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 that's a penalty right there. Yeah. <laughs> like Snoop actually knows like a little bit of hockey. No, I'm pretty sure he no, describes no, something in hockey as the weave. No, that's not. There's, <laughs> there's no, no weave. There's no such thing as a weave. The weave no, is basketball. <laughs> there's no weave play there, in hockey. No. Rod Brindamore is not drawing things up saying, guys, run guys, guys, run we need to run the weave. Run the weave. Run the weave. Snoop Dogg was just there, the equivalent of someone watching a football game being like, hit somebody, hit somebody, <laughs> tackle him. Tackle him. Give me that. Give me that. Give me that. <laughs> give me that. So that's the three that we like here. Buddy the Elf, Ron Burgundy, and uh, Ricky Bobby. Those are the three most noteworthy Will Ferrell movie mm. characters of all time. More than Brennan. More than Jackie Moon. That's the I think list. you're sleeping on Jackie Moon. <sighs> I think so, too. I think Jackie Moon might need to be in there, too. Jackie you Moon could put does, a fourth on the pole, right? He fought a bear. You could put the fourth... Well, well, so did Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy did, yeah. He did. <laughs> they both fought bears. Well played. Well and played. Interesting parallel. Actually, Ron Burgundy actually won the fight with the bear, while Jackie Moon Technically speaking, yes, you're right. You are listening to WSJS Winston-Salem, WCOG Greensboro, WMFR High Point, and WPCM Burlington. It is the Triad Sports Hub. Those are the three most noteworthy Will Ferrell Movie mm. characters of all time. More than Brennan. More than Jackie Moon. 
That's the I think list. you're sleeping on Jackie Moon. <sighs> I think so, too. I think Jackie Moon might need to be in there, too. Jackie you Moon could put does, a fourth on the pole, right? He fought a bear. You could put the fourth. Well, well so did Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy did, yeah. He did. <laughs> they both fought bears. Well played. Well and played. Interesting parallel. Actually, <laughs> Ron Burgundy actually won the fight with the bear, while Jackie Moon Technically did not. speaking, yes, you're right. You are listening to WSJS Winston-Salem, WCOG Greensboro, WMFR High Point and WPCM Burlington. It is the Triad Sports Hub. Justin writes in, it's not a character, but the best Will Ferrell movie, quote, Ma! The Meatloaf! From Wedding Crashers. Chaz from Wedding Crashers. I mean, as a bit hmm. role. Hmm. Pretty, pretty iconic. Okay, can we talk about Virginia now? Actually, Des, I'm going to give you the, the editorial. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, back here in the WSJS Mad Madness, uh, March Madness Studios, I've been joined by intern Aaron. And uh, Aaron, we are watching potentially history here as number 16 seed Gardner Webb attempts to punk out number one seed Virginia 36 to 30, 26 seconds to go in the first half. Indeed, Desmond. Gardner Webb putting up a hell of a fight against the Cavaliers from Virginia. <laughs> we'll see if uh, the Cavaliers can what? do the ACC proud or have to be moved down to Division Two if they lose this ball game. If they, if they do lose, they should just disbar the entire program, Desmond. <laughs> Back to you, Josh. What was the point of that? <laughs> was that your broadcasting voice? What was that voice you were channeling there, Aaron? That's my regular, everyday voice, Josh. Yeah, what are you talking about, Josh? That's his regular, everyday voice. I speak like this all the time. All the time. Back to you. I like it. It's powerful. It's a strong, <laughs> strong voice. So we have all these games on in our studio, and... Virginia is just having a rough go of it. Smoker Incorporated tweets in, Megamind needs to be talked about in this conversation. I actually disagree with that. I don't think it really needs to be talked about at all, if I'm being honest. Um, I didn't see it. It must be a terrible how, movie. How are we feeling? Thank you for that. How are we feeling <laughs> about Virginia if they happen to lose this game in Columbia? How will that affect your viewpoint on them from here on out. Have we even considered this as a possibility? Uh, like that's what, I that's what I was coming to terms with during the first half as I kept watching and watching and Gardner-Webb was up by double figures at one point. Like, I never considered this a possibility because of the way that Virginia has responded to getting knocked out by the 16 seed UMBC a year ago. It was just, I don't, I don't know, to me it was a prolonged conclusion that they were going to boat race whoever it was as the 16th seed and we were going to move on and never really speak about it again except in novelty that it was a 16 over a 1. So let's I mean, get, this is earth-shattering yeah, let's if get, it happens let's again. Let's get to earth-shattering stuff. The most important thing that's happening in Columbia, Brant Wilkerson New is now with us on the show from the Greensboro News and Record. He's in Columbia right now. And what I want to talk to him about, again, is the most important thing that's happening uh, Baylor beat Syracuse last night, which means Brant lost our bet on the show that he perpetuated, which means you have to drink a 40 on video, on social media. How are you feeling about that, Brant? 
I'm feeling good. I mean, I, I feel like it's, it's going to be a good start to, to the evening whenever I get around to this. Not tonight. Uh, that would probably be bad for my future employment. But um, we're going to do it here soon, maybe tomorrow night uh, between the games. But, yeah, I, I'm feeling good. I, I, it's Schlitz because Desmond hates us, but whatever. I'm, I, I'm up to it. Is it Schlitz? Is that what we're doing? You're on with Darren Vought, too, by the way. That Brent. was what I had picked yesterday hey, for the 40. It was a Schlitz. Hey, I that was the right hey, one. Hey, I'll be so it's a shot. Uh, I, I think, Brant, I think you should go do it now in the Virginia locker room <laughs> to get them hyped up. Uh, see, I don't think they want to see me because, you know, last year I was, I was well, I, it was at the site that I was at, but I left the arena because I was like, it's Virginia and UMBC. I'm exhausted. I've been here all day. Like, I'm just going to go ahead to the, the hotel and get a nap in before before a big evening out with the boys after the game. And I woke up and it, and it had gone down. Brant Wilkerson knew from the Greensboro News and Record with us. He has to drink a 40 and chug it and do so on video. The reason he has to do that is we were sitting at Kickback Jacks at a remote earlier this week, and right before our final segment, Brant said, let's do a dumb bet. Let's, let's, let's uh, make it involve a 40. And then he looked at my bracket and said, nah, that's not going to happen. Baylor beating Syracuse, nope. And I'm like, well, did you just hear the Frank Howard news? Yeah, I don't care. Syracuse still going to win that game. Yeah, I'm a big believer in the Syracuse Bayheim March magic. I mean, every year they come to play in March. They play their best basketball, and uh, this is what I, this is what I get for believing in Syracuse. Anything else important happening in Columbia? Ah, uh, I don't know. I, I heard something about maybe uh, some running bulldogs doing something. I'm on my way to the arena right now because I just pulled into town, turned on TV. I was going to take my time and try to get over there, you know, 5, 5.30 before the Duke game. I was like, all right, I got to get in the car. I got to go. I'm not going to miss this again. Be careful. So, right, be so careful because so, bulldogs, bulldogs, man, if you run into a bulldog that's angry, that that's a real problem, Brant. Uh, I was told that basically the entire town of Boiling Springs is currently in the arena losing their minds. I don't know. What's the halftime score? I, I thought it looked like uh, Gardner Webb was going to have a big halftime lead. Uh, actually, it's funny you should <laughs> Back at the WSJS March Madness Studios, we're, we're at the half, and uh, intern Aaron, the Virginia Cavaliers are in deep doo-doo, down 36-30. to 30. Deep brown doo-doo diz. I don't know what they're going to have to do to pull this out. <laughs> What's the score? 36 to 30 is Thank the score you. here. That was the question. The 16 seed Gardner Webb Bulldogs taking them to the woodshed. Back to you, Josh. Did that answer your question, Brant? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's fine. It could, it could have been worse. All right. Thank you so much. Could have been Brandt. a lot better. Brant, thank you. Enjoy your time in Columbia. I, I look forward to drinking my 40. I'll keep you abreast. All right. Appreciate that. Follow Brant on Twitter at Brant. GNR. We have you covered it all from all angles <laughs> here here on the drive. If you want it on the show, we are sharing with Darren. If you have any questions for Darren, for him to share here on the air, 336-777-1600 is your way to chime in. The one critique we have of this segment each and every week is that Darren never shares anything. And then last week we learned that as a kid he had a mullet and maybe went through like a goth a goth period. Or was that not Darren? Darren, did you go to a goth? Think that was no, him. that was not me. <laughs> okay, I was like, what? Maybe it was just. The I mean, I was like a punk there. emo kid for oh, most it of it. Ah. Yeah, Still yeah. am, it's to some degree, but now, those are not. the what's same. What's the difference between goth and emo? Emo is like, uh, like 
goth is like vampire. Emo is like dark electronic music. Like I don't care. Nah, I don't care. Eh, you're still a little off on the emo oh. thing. Yeah. Is that the best know. way to explain I it? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I just put up that Twitter poll, by the way, at at Sports Hub Triad. Uh, what is Will Ferrell's now. best movie character? And I only included the three options of Ron Burgundy, Buddy the Elf, and Ricky That's Robin. It's fine, because I only get one vote. So, uh, Ron Burgundy, check, <laughs> click, vote. Here we go. Over over Buddy the oh, Elf? Already mm. 13 votes, huh? How about oh. that? A lot of people are mad about Chaz not being on the list. Chaz. I do love Chaz, because, well, I mean, like, the movie Wedding Crashers itself is an all-timer. So, I get it. What was your reaction? Wake Forest. They they retained Danny Manning today. Oh and yeah, there's that, and there's Virginia's trailing at halftime to Gardner Webb, and and Ron Burgundy's doing play by play. There's a lot of stuff that's going on here today, and and Brant Wilkerson news in Columbia, and he has to drink a forty because he likes doing terrible bets. So that's all happening as well. Um, but Wake Forest, it, it seems like to me, they did something. Today that I think was the easy thing to do if you're in management, if you're in that athletic director's office. Ron Wellman, he, he's on the way out, and he was the one that extended Danny Manning to that long contract. So why, why take an L on the way out and prove that a decision you made was wrong by shelling out reportedly $18 million, according to Jeff Goodman's reporting, if you don't have to do that. Yeah, people will be mad about it in the interim, but he's on his way out of Winston-Salem, or at least out of his position at Wake Forest, and the pros far outweigh the cons for his legacy. He said it was his decision, so he kept them there, and that means John Curry is off the hook here too until next year because nobody's going to apply heat to John Curry if it wasn't his call in the first place. So I'm sure John Curry's fine with this too. He's absolved of receiving the heat here. I think it's best case scenario for him, right? Because he he isn't pushed into a situation where he has to rush this search for a new head basketball coach in this tight window that the seasonality of it creates in which he would have had to have someone hired within the next month. Instead, I I don't know how far down the road of assuming Wake Forest is going to be bad again we can go, but we can start the walk right um this is not an NCAA tournament roster right now unless unless they they add Cole Anthony to the mix and we don't know if that's something that's going to happen since North Carolina is one of his finalists it maybe depends on what's happening with Kobe White so if Kobe White decides to go pro which I'd imagine he would considering he's right now projected to be a top 10 draft pick then that leaves a spot at point guard at North Carolina and Cole Anthony probably going to go there over Wake Forest. That's just me speculating. If you yeah. if you land that guy as Danny Manning, another player of the same elk as Jalen Horde, at a place that prior to Jalen Horde coming to Wake Forest had only had three five-star players who have come in, Jalen uh, or uh, Chris Paul, Al Farouk Aminu, and Josh Howard, those are the only other five-star players who have ever chosen to go to Wake Forest. If, if Danny Manning's able to land another one of those with a young roster that he could keep, and this is a big if, keep in place, keep the attrition down, then who knows what can happen? Who knows if they can make the NCAA tournament? I just know that it's crazy to think 
that 10 years ago, Wake Forest was the number one team in the country at one point during the season. And in eight of the last nine years now, Wake Forest has missed the tournament. And three of the last four, they've gone 11-20 and 20 under Danny Manning. It's kind of crazy when you think of it that way. Yeah, and this this entire, how this has progressed throughout the week, in a way explains what I thought was odd phrasing when they announced that John Curry was going to be the athletic director in which Ron Wellman said, anything, any decision that's made until my departure date is truly my decision. And it makes you wonder how much of this had really been predetermined. It's kind of confusing because you talk to some people and apparently they had no idea what they were going to do as of the beginning of this week, which seems unbelievable, but I guess could be the case. But this makes it seem like it it was a little more premeditated than that, as was, as was the hiring, eventual hiring of John Curry because they announced that simultaneously. So obviously that those talks had occurred. It just seems to me like they were like, okay, well, at some point, John, you got to make a decision on Danny. How do we approach this? And that maybe they made the decision then that they were going to eke it out for one more year to try and save, you know, some 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 money out of this this supposed humongous buyout. While my national champion pick Virginia is struggling against Gardner Webb, trailing at halftime, thirty six to thirty, that's not looking good on my part. The one team that I told you that was a double-figure seed that I had going to the Sweet 16 has pulled off an upset. UC Irvine, coached by Russell Turner, they have beaten a team that appeared in the Elite Eight last year in Kansas State, coached by Bruce Weber. They are on to the round of 32. They are the Anteaters. That is an awesome nickname. I have UC Irvine beating the winner of Wisconsin, Oregon, and finding themselves in the Sweet 16. And who knows if they could advance further because guess who they were slated to face if they got to the Sweet 16? Virginia. Right? If it, what's so, that, what is that side of the bracket going to look like? Man. Yeah. Things are things are getting rough. Utter chaos. There's always one chaos. region, right? Madness. Oh. Madness. Madness. That, that's, that's all. We are sharing with Darren here. Up next, going from the Big Diesel to the Big Pizza. This is the Sports Hub and you're on the drive. Can we talk here? Can we talk here? Let's talk about this is the Sports Hub at AM 600, AM 920. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. Ryan McGee of ESPN with us. It is Friday in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Day two of what I consider to be the best two-day stretch you will find in the sports calendar year every single year, especially around here in the triad. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at ESPN McGee. A little bit later on in the show, we will be joined by North Carolina head football coach Mac Brown as he's likely going to have to wait till later tonight, or I know he has to, for the Tar Heel basketball game to begin. I've seen him at a number of the UNC games, so oh, my, I know he's, hey, my, I know he's a game coworker. Yeah, your former yeah, well, coworker. Let him know. Let him know that uh, you know just because he's a big deal again, he can still he could return my text. You know, That's, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. No, I I am so excited for Mac. Uh, he's he is such a class act, and and you know a coworker of mine for years, the ESPN, and and you know this. My dad used to be an ACC football official, and 
my dad officiated so many of Mac's games when he was at Carolina, and um, I think he's great. I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for him, and yeah, it's uh, he's one of my favorite people. And uh, and when he calls, he's going to tell you about how great it is to be at Carolina again, and that's how he's going to say it, and it's going to be awesome, and uh, I'm happy for him. Yeah, and you can catch that a little bit later on. He will be on the show at 5.30. Has anybody asked if you're related to Wofford's Fletcher McGee today? Yeah, a lot of people. And I tweeted last night. I said, I love that kid, but he spells McGee wrong. You know, he put the A, the a in there instead of Z. That's like the, the A McGee is like the Scottish McGee, and I'm an Irish McGee. So, yeah, but no, I, I, root, for, I root for almost all McGees. So I was happy for him, and, and man, what a great story, right? I mean, you know, for those of us that grew up in the Carolinas, um, I love it when a Wofford and a Gardner Webb and and you know these schools. Uh, there's so many. There's only two schools, I guess, now in North Carolina that haven't made it to the tournament at some point. And so, uh, yeah, I'm I'm a homer, so I'll, I'll root for all the state schools. And those two teams are Campbell and Elon. Elon, of course, in our listening radius in Burlington. Um, Looking at what's happening with Wake Forest, though, they, they retained Danny Manning today, and it's just so crazy, Ryan. Ten years ago, with Dino Gaudio, after the passing of Skip Prosser, Wake was ranked number one in the country yeah. at one point during that year. And now, eight of the last nine years, Wake Forest has missed out on the NCAA tournament. Three of the last four, they've finished 11-20 and 20 under Danny Manning. As somebody who was raised in this state, what's your reaction to the current state of affairs at Wake? Well, and it goes deeper for me. I mean, my brother's a deacon, and uh, my, you know, my, um, I've got a great, great, great grandfather, great great grandfather that was one of the founders of the university. And so, it, to me, it was founded in a little church where I grew up in Rockingham. The university was so it's it's painful to watch, and um, and I like Danny Manning so much, and so it's just it, it's it's really hard to watch. And I mean, Dino is a, I talk about Mac Brown being a former coworker. Dino Gaudio is a current coworker at ESPN, and and it's. It's hard to watch, and um, and I think that it's – listen, I think it's good for college basketball in general, even if you're from California. I think college basketball as a sport is better off when all four tobacco road teams are relevant. And, um, you know, two certainly are, and they always are. Uh, one, talking about NC State, kind of tries to be, and, and they all, it teases with us a little bit, and then Wake's just been lost. And it's just hard. You know, I'm, you know this. I'm in, I'm in Winston-Salem every year now for the – uh, National Sports Media Association, and it's right there at, at Lawrence E. Joel, and, and it's um it's hard to walk in there right now. I, I was at Muggsy Bogues' house. Muggsy lives just a few minutes from me here in Charlotte, and we did a big piece with Muggsy for E60 around the NBA All-Star game, and just the pain in his eyes when he talks about it. And so I hope, because um, it's just good for the sport of college basketball, but also, as you say, as a North Carolinian and somebody that grew up on Tobacco Road, you know, whether you love them or hate them, uh, college basketball and certainly ACC is better when Wake Forest is relevant. And right now, they're not even in the conversation. Are you somebody that wants a UNC-Duke national title game or roots against that? Well, I mean, as a sports writer, um, just strictly as someone who's just looking for great stories, it's crazy to me that they've never met in the tournament at all. I mean, it's, that's bonkers. I think it's, you, there's no way that two teams who never missed the tournament don't cross paths at least occasionally, and and it's just it's it's crazy. And so, as a sports writer with my sports writer hat on, it would be an amazing story, and I think it would be amazing as a resident of the state to just see how everyone 
reacts to. You, you see how the that night of those games when they meet in the regular season, and obviously you know here in Charlotte last week in the ACC tournament, you can feel it in the air all over the state of North Carolina. And I can't even imagine what it would be like. But if we're going to get in a time machine and go back to like my 15 year old self who grew up in Raleigh. Uh, it, it, back then, if those two played for the national championship, I would be pulling for a meteor strike or like a, or like the sewer line to break or anything that could ruin the night for those two. <laughs> but as a sports writer, it's a great story. Well, I think there's people who are Tar Heel fans and Duke fans. I've been hearing from them all week who think that they don't want to see this game because they believe that a meteor is going to strike <laughs> or something. That, in fact, the way we painted the picture is that. There would be birds flying out of the sky, uh, yeah. apartment de- department stores being looted, uh, animals, dogs, pets driving cars down the street. Yeah. It's going to look like Bird Box, the first yeah, 30 minutes of that right? movie. Yeah, boo-hoo. I, I, all these Wake Forest fans and State fans listening to me, and, and uh, yeah, boo-hoo. Uh, y'all... If y'all y'all make it to the national championship game, just be happy with that. I don't care who you're playing. What do you think it looks like, though? Let, let's try to imagine. What would it look like that Monday and also the accompanying Tuesday national championship game, Duke-North Carolina, here in the state of North Carolina? Well, I, I think that, I mean, I, listen, I live in Charlotte, and we joked that it's Chapel Hill South. And so I know what the mood would be in Charlotte. I know what it's like in Charlotte. I know what it was like last week when Duke was here and when Duke and North Carolina were playing. And so... This is definitely a light blue city down here. There's no question about that where I live. But I would be really curious to go outside of Charlotte and take me to Lexington and, and take me to Kannapolis and take me to the outskirts and then tell me what the reaction is. Because my feeling is there were probably a lot of uh, coming out of the woodwork Duke fans at that point. And I think around the country what I find is is that Duke is much more hated nationally than North Carolina is. So I think if you even push it out further – and went into Tennessee and Virginia and Texas or wherever else, I think you probably find a lot of Carolina fans because they just don't want Duke to win. ESPN's Ryan McGee is with us. We played some audio from Ron Burgundy doing the play-by-play <laughs> at an L.A. Kings game last night, and we simply asked the question, what is Will Ferrell's best movie character? It's on our Twitter poll. There's Ron Burgundy, there's Buddy the Elf, and Ricky Bobby as the options. Well, I mean, first of all, what a ridiculous career, right? I mean, to, to have that. But, I mean, listen, I'm not going to go against my NASCAR roots. I mean, Anchorman, I quote Anchorman on a daily basis. I, um, I, I quote Anchorman when I show up to do Marty McGee on Saturday mornings for ESPN Radio and, and SEC Network because I say I want to make sure I have salon-quality hair. And I want to also want to keep up with Marty's salon-quality hair. But the reality is I quote Ricky Bobby on an almost hourly basis. And I'm a little bit invested in that movie. I worked for NASCAR Media Group back when they were shooting that film. And, uh, I mean, the, the wheelchair basketball scene, that takes place in the gym of my church in Charlotte. So I'm way too personally invested in Ricky Bobby uh, not to go with Ricky Bobby. Ryan, you're the best, man. Enjoy the rest of the tournament. Thanks for doing this. You too. Appreciate it. You got it. That's Ryan McGee of ESPN. Here we go. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham, the The Sports Sports Hub, at AM 600, AM 920. In about an hour and a half, we'll be keeping an eye on Duke basketball in action. And then at 9 o'clock, man, it's a late tip-off time. North Carolina will be opening up play against Iona. But before we focus on all things basketball, North Carolina and Duke in just a little bit tonight, Tar Heel football. Obviously a big subject in this guy's world. Mac Brown, the new head coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels, with us here on The Drive. Coach, you're on in Winston-Salem, Greensboro. How's spring ball going? 
Josh, well, thanks for having me on first. We're, we're having a great time. The, the guys are doing everything we ask them to do. Uh, we've been very tough on them. Uh, we've been very demanding. And, and we said we've got to find out uh, which of these guys want to step up and, and make things happen for us next fall. And, and then you've got to figure out who your best players are and, and, and then lean on those guys to lead the others. But also it, it gives you more information into who you want to get the ball to and who's your best blitzer and who's your cover guy. So this is a real fun time for us, and I think the players are enjoying it as well. Paint me the picture, though, Coach, on what the recruiting trail looks like. When you're out recruiting, what do the players know you more as in terms of what they associate you with? TV commentator Mac Brown or Hall of Fame coach Mac Brown? I would think probably that the players, uh, the current young high school players, know me more as the TV commentator. Their coaches know me a whole lot more as the Hall of Fame coach. <laughs> and it's been very, very helpful that the coaches have enlightened the players on that I can't actually coach. Uh, it's just not that I was on TV. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been real, real fun to be out there and be around the guys and be around the coaches. And, and, and the players and coaches have been so respectful. It's, it's just been fun. If you're trying to impress a player, though, and let them know, hey, I'm more than a TV commentator, what's the first game you're pulling up? Is it the Rose Bowl game? Is that first? I think so, but it, it's 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 more when we were here before. We, we've got a lot of the first round draft choice pictures that that we had when we left here, uh, and and then through the years at Texas, it's con- consistently winning from the time we got it turned here till the time we finished, and 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 showing those guys that we know how to win, we know what to do, uh, we know the process. You guys trust us, and, and everything will work for you. And we'll get this thing fixed fast. Mac Brown's with us, North Carolina head football coach. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Mac Brown. Spring ball well underway, and the spring game coming up for UNC football. How would you characterize the itch we always hear about in sports when somebody is contemplating retirement as a player or a coach getting back into coaching? How would you characterize that feeling we always hear about when you're out of the game and want to get back involved? I think you you do what you do. And coaches coach. And um, 30 straight years as a head coach is a long time, Josh. I, I probably got a little tired at the end after 16 years at Texas and 10 years here and not having many days off. And, and, and just when I got out of coaching, I didn't know that I would coach again. Dick Vermeil told me never to say no because he stayed out 17 years and he came back and won a Super Bowl. Uh, and each year I would interview with some school that, that would call me and I wasn't looking, I wasn't trying to get back in, uh, but I thought if the right opportunity came up for my wife Sally and I that we would, and, um, and, and I was going to a lot of spring practices, I was calling games on Friday night, I was seeing 24 games on Saturday, so I feel like I'm much more prepared right now to be a coach than I was when I left Texas or when I left here, um, and I've got a lot of energy, um, I know what you miss when you get out, and very honestly, when they put us in the Hall of Fame and we went back to meet all the players uh, and tell them thank you, so many of them said thank you for what you did for me. Thank you for when you talked to me. Uh, I'm telling my kids things that you told me. And Sally and I realized that, uh, very honestly, coaches do have a huge influence in young people's lives. And uh, we realized that's, uh, that was the void we had in our life. Uh, that, that's who we are. We're really good at it, and, and we're excited to be back and doing that. One of the things that highlighted your opening press conference was talking about winning the state of North Carolina again and making sure North Carolina was the destination school within the state. 
A couple of years ago, I remember an assistant college football coach here in the state telling me that every corner of the state, you have to recruit a little differently. The kids out east are different than the ones that you would find in uh, in the cities, which is different than what you would find, say, here in the triad, Greensboro, Winston-Salem. How much does... How much do you um, agree with that? And tell me what it, it takes in order to have success in all corners of the state of North Carolina. I think it's really important, Josh, that you win at home in your own state. And that's what we've done everywhere we've ever coached. And uh, that that's who we are. It's our footprint. And, and that's not going to change. And I think what the coach was saying is that you need a coach in the area that fits the area. And it, it may be that... Uh, Tommy Thigpen and Dre Bly have been in Charlotte their whole lives, so they, they can recruit Charlotte. Or, or it may be that uh, Jay Bateman's recruited Charlotte for 15 years, so he should have a piece of Charlotte. Or that uh, uh, Stacy Searles was at Appalachian State for seven years, so he should recruit the Mountains. So I think more than anything else, find a coach that can uh, be positive with those high school coaches, relate to those high school coaches in that area, a coach that's familiar with the area and knows how to get from school to school very easily, and and it usually works. Mac Brown's with us, head coach of the North Carolina Tar Heel football program. I saw you a couple weeks ago at the Duke-North Carolina game in Chapel Hill. How much would you have liked to recruit Zion Williamson as a football prospect? I heard Dabo Sweeney saying, I would have loved to have that guy at tight end or maybe even run the Wildcat. (laughs) When you see... That combination of 6'7", 285, being able to move like that, what do you think about? I think he could play about anywhere he wanted to. I'd put him at quarterback probably because he touches the ball every play. But I'd also like to have Kobe White and a few of these guys. Uh, Luke May, Luke was out at practice the other day, and uh, a tall 6-something, 6'6", 6'8", whatever he is, and weighs 240 and runs and has great hands. I I had coaches coming over say, you want to take a couple of snaps rushing the passer? And I said, well, well guys, Coach Williams won't like that because he's got a little work to do on Friday night. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of these bat Rashid Wallace was at practice one day, and he's 6'11". I thought we could uh, throw some fade routes to him on the goal line for sure. So uh, there are a lot of those basketball players that we'd like to use in, in football, but it's so fun to watch the NCAA tournament. and It's that time of the year, and uh, we're, we're definitely – we're not practicing today so we can see our guys. And we'll always practice around when our guys are playing and, and, and try to do it when our ladies are pre- playing because uh, all sports here at the university are really important to our football team. I only bring up Zion because he's 6'7", 285, and I covered the Carolina Panthers too in addition to college sports. Last year, Julius Peppers was listed at 6'7", 285 pounds his last year, and he came to North Carolina the year after you left Texas, but I'd imagine you you played a role in trying to recruit him to come to North Carolina. Do you remember the first time you ever heard the name Julius Peppers? Yes, he was a running back over in uh, eastern North Carolina and actually signed him. And, and he actually was here and redshirted my first year. Um, and that's how good we were at that time when you can redshirt Julius Peppers. But uh, he was a guy that uh, could play both sports. And he was a really good player for Coach Smith and Coach Guthridge. And it was so fun to watch him, and um, I'm actually speaking in a couple of months, and he's getting a, an honor there. We're, we're talking to him about coming back to the spring game, and, and Julius is one of my favorites, and what a great career he had. Is that something you have to discuss with Coach Smith, saying, hey, well, we, we'd like him to play football and basketball. How exactly is that going to work? Absolutely, and, and uh, we discuss it with Coach Williams the same way. We, 
We had Octavius Barnes. We had Greg Ellis. So there were three guys that played uh, while I was here. Uh, only Julius played a lot and, and played with the varsity. Uh, but Coach Smith and Coach Williams have always been great. And uh, they've just told the guys, if you come over here, you better act right. and You, you better do everything right if you want to stay. And uh, if you're good enough, we'll put you on the varsity. If you're not, we'll let you start with the JVs and see if you can work yourself up and and, and that's just what Julius was able to do. It is Mac Brown, North Carolina head football coach. I remember you said also in your opening press conference that even when you were at Texas, you made sure to stay close with Roy Williams and follow North Carolina basketball. Take me to the room you're going to be watching tonight's game in. Are you somebody who is pretty stoic like you are on the sideline when you're watching the Tar Heel basketball team play? Or what, what exactly is your demeanor? No, I'm exactly like I am on the sideline. I'll go home by myself. I'll, I'll have all the lights down. I'll just be sitting by myself. Uh, we have a townhouse right now. Sally's out of town. I'll be locked into it, and, and I'll watch every uh, dribble. I'll watch every pass, and, and, and I'll probably move a little bit every now and then when I'm, I'm trying to get a ball to fall or, or something, but uh, I probably won't say anything during the whole game. That's just I'm thinking when I'm watching – Ball games. I used to coach JV basketball, so I love basketball, and it's uh, it's important to me. And I love Coach Williams. He was one of the few guys that I talked to on the day that we played for both national championships at Texas, and I was able to get in touch with him for for his three here. Uh, so uh, he's a he's a dear friend, and I can't wait to watch him tonight. And uh, I enjoy watching those guys. They have so much class. They play so hard, and and those guys have overcome a whole lot this year. And and it was fun to, to watch them come back after Louisville and have the run they've had and, and, and their, their tough games with Duke. And, and uh, it'll be fun to see them start out again tonight, uh, hopefully on a winning note. Wait, we might have buried the lead here. What was Mac Brown, the JV basketball coach, like? Well, uh, I think we were undefeated, but it, it was just one year in, in JVs, and I had to drive the bus, and I had to get them there and get them back. So, uh, obviously, somebody thought that my talent should be used in football, not basketball. Uh... Coach? Coach Williams and Coach Smith have done a little bit better than I have on the other side. Well, we certainly look forward to following you guys all throughout the spring. And, of course, when the season gets near, it's not too far away, Coach. Congratulations on returning to North Carolina. We look forward to having you back on here in the triad. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me on. And encourage everybody to come out at 5 o'clock on April 13th because we're going to have a lot of fun at the spring game. and. Got a concert afterwards and got a full day of activities, a lot of kid stuff from 3 to 5. So uh, everybody come on out. Let's, let's enjoy the, the first kickoff for this new era of, of UNC football. That is the head coach, the new old head coach of North Carolina football, Mac Brown. That image tonight. I'm turning down the lights. Sally's away from home. I'm watching the game by myself. I'm not going to be yelling at the TV. I'm not going to say a word throughout the game. Des, how does that compare to how you're going to be watching the game? It is game day. I know it's game day because you got your North Carolina hoodie on. How does it compare? What 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 is it going to be like tonight in the Desmond Johnson household? He literally described exactly my routine, except for turning the lights down low. Um, the house clears out. I don't even have to ask him anymore. They just, they retreat to the other side <laughs> of the house. I've got the big sixty inch to myself. I get comfortable, get a couple beers, and I watch it in silence alone. But does it have to be a specific kind of beer? Bud Light. All right, it's going to be uh, Bud Light. Yeah, and then I, I just have like a routine. So like I'm kind of getting ready for the weekend. Oh, I'll tell you how we get ready for the weekend. It is time for Life Hack 
Friday! Life Hack Friday! And it's next!